Our gospel lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of John in the 20th chapter, and we are still on Easter Day in John's Gospel. Easter Day lasts for a long time, and this is in the evening of that day of resurrection. Let us listen for God's word. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the religious authorities, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then Jesus said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. But these things are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life. In Jesus' name. Let us pray. We thank you that you come among us even to this day and breathe on us your Holy Spirit and say to us, Peace be with you. We thank you that you are alive among us and that we can see you in the life that springs forth around us, in the new life that you bring to our congregation, in the ways in which we are rising up So bless us. Bless us with your Holy Spirit. Bless us with peace. And most of all, bless us with the faith 
for life. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. When I was in college, I had an opportunity to study in Florence for a semester. But we lived in this little village outside of Florence called Sesto Fiorentino. And there was another village not far from Sesto Fiorentino called Prato. And I don't know if any of you have ever heard of Prato. It's not big, and it doesn't have, of course, all the gorgeous artwork that Florence has. But Prato does have one very interesting relic. And that is the girdle of the Virgin Mary. I kid you not. In the cathedral in Prato, in a reliquary behind glass, in the Cappella del Sacro Cingolo, there lies the sacred belt of the Virgin Mary. Now, as legend has it, when Mary was taken up, she was assumed into heaven, Jesus' disciples were present and saw her enter God's glory. All were there except Thomas. Thomas missed it again. Mary, however, knew of Thomas's skepticism, and just as when Thomas missed Jesus' first resurrection appearance, Mary came again personally just to Thomas, and as she was reassumed into heaven, as she was going up into the clouds, handed down her belt to Thomas as proof of her rising into heaven. And it was just what Thomas needed to believe. Doubting Thomas, the patron saint of skeptics, the one ridiculed for refusing to believe the words of his friends and demanding proof for himself. It turns out that if we look at the story closely, that Thomas is really not so different from the other disciples. If you remember in the Gospel of John, Mary goes to the tomb early in the morning and she sees the empty tomb and begins to weep because they've taken Jesus away. And the gardener comes to her and it's really Jesus and when he speaks her name, she recognizes him. And she goes to the other's disciples and says, I have seen the Lord. Now we have no indication that they believed her. And in fact, in the Gospel of Luke, when the women tell the disciples about seeing the empty tomb and the angels and meeting Jesus, the men consider it to be nothing more than an idle tale. So here they are, locked away in fear, and Jesus comes to them and shows them his wounds. They know it's really him. And they are overjoyed. They are filled with joy in knowing that their friend is alive. 
Thomas just wants what the others got. He wants to see Jesus for himself. And Jesus gives Thomas exactly what he needs to know the joy that the others know. And Jesus gives Thomas this tremendous gift that brings Thomas to the knees, his knees, and John, the gospel writer, puts the most profound, complete faith statement in Thomas's mouth here at the conclusion of the gospel. My Lord and my God, I have seen Jesus. I have seen God in Jesus. My Lord and my God, I have seen the Word made flesh dwelling among us. The light shines in the darkness here. And the darkness did not overcome it. And Thomas claims for all of us an incredible blessing. Blessed are those who weren't there, who didn't see, and yet come to faith, who yet come to trust and know and have the joy that Jesus is alive. We don't have to have been there. Faith is not bound by time. Jesus is present for all generations. The stories we tell, the witness we give, handed down from person to person and one generation to the next are just as powerful, says Jesus, as being present in the locked room on Easter night. This is the true legacy of Thomas. Proof. This is the true gift of faith for all who come after him. Now, this congregation is proof of Thomas's legacy, of Jesus' blessing. For here, people have witnessed to the love of God for generations. I don't think anybody here was there Easter night. This afternoon... The young people are having this lobster blueberry fest, and there will be lobsters. I don't know, but if you are brave, you might go near the Chadsey Hall kitchen, but I think it might take a lot of courage. Of course, we're doing this to raise funds for the repair of homes in rural Maine. And these experiences of the tangible work of faith make a difference in people's lives their whole life long. These are Thomas's experiences. When we have held a hammer and pounded nails to repair a roof for a family who simply could not afford it, we have seen the Lord. We know who Jesus is. But we must remember that the young people are not going to Maine because we are eating lobster. Our young people are going to Maine because they are part of the legacy of the generations who have come before in this church. 
Yesterday, our deacons gathered some of the people who created the legacy for this church. All that we have, the windows, the walls, the bells, this sanctuary, the children's Sunday school, is here because of those who have come before. One of the people who was here yesterday, Fred Winkler, has been a member of our church for 80 years. Fred remembers when the cornerstone of this sanctuary was laid. He was six years old, and he can still tell us about it. He was there. There are another 43 others who have been members for more than 50 years. And if you are here today, if your name is on the insert, please stand. At the next service, there'll be a lot more. (laughs) Let us show our appreciation for our 50-year member We owe you, those who have been members of this church for so long, we owe a tremendous debt of gratitude. The faith that we have today is the faith that those who have gone before us have passed down to us. This is the church that they have given us. They have lived the legacy of Thomas, and we are blessed today to know the joy of the risen Christ. Legacy means lots of things. The blessing of faith for future Christians, the love and devotion that one gives to the church, the gifts we leave in our wills, and Nita Tegu, who left us a bequest, left us another gift. Does anybody know what that is? Yes. Joy. The book about the stained glass windows which we have had redone, and we will be able to make available to people at Christmas. She wrote the stories for all of these stained glass windows, and maybe her bequest will go to help with the upkeep of these beautiful, beautiful windows. If you have not already done so, here's the pitch. Go see Ann Souter about putting a bequest in your will. This place is important. A legacy is not just something we leave for those who are gone. We can actually enjoy our legacy while we are alive. Like the donor who gave the gift for the organ and will for many years enjoy that legacy. And how wonderful it is to enjoy a legacy when we are alive. To see the children go to Maine, What legacy will you leave? What legacy will we leave? What joy will people know because of our lives? According to legend, the Apostle Thomas was able to enjoy his legacy. Not the legacy of skepticism, and doubt. But Christians in India claim Thomas as their patron saint. 
evidently, as legend has it, after the resurrection and Thomas got to see Jesus, he went to India to introduce India to Christianity. And there are churches in India named for St. Thomas. A whole bunch of St. Thomas Christians in India. That is true. Well, the reason that St. Thomas missed seeing the Virgin Mary assumed into heaven was because he was in India busy living his legacy. So it was only right that Mary come and give him her sacred belt. In fact, the other disciples did not believe Thomas. But he had the physical proof. God can be funny that way. We have so much faith to celebrate. So much joy to share. So much light to shine into the darkness. Let each one of us live the legacy of Thomas. And be blessing of faith for all the generations to come. Amen.